This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Thanks for downloading this Homesdale Radio podcast. Uh, the lads have, have left me on my own now, and um, just want to do a quick introduction for you and uh, tell you what's coming up, and um, well, specifically to be wary of certain things. There will be occasional bad language and some, um, should we say, questionable banter during the course of this show. Um, hopefully, you will know it's all done as in jest. Uh, hopefully, it doesn't offend any of you. Um, but I think it was uh, probably our finest Euro 2012 show so far. Really hope you enjoy it. Obviously, my, my thanks go to the lads for producing what was a was a very very high quality. Um, considering we did literally no preparation, uh, and I'm quite ill at the moment. So once more, thanks for downloading. If you've got any comments on these shows, or you wanna wanna have your say on any particular issues, uh, we'll be recording another one soon. Email us radio at homesdale.net. Anyway, enjoy. Hello and welcome to podcast number four of our Euro 2012 specials. I'm here today with Alex, Jill, Mark and Nick. And uh, we're going to have a quick chat about the teams that have gone home. Have a chat about the uh, quarterfinals that have been played so far. Look back to England's game against Ukraine. And then look forward to the game which is tomorrow as we record this uh, against Italy. Um, chaps, we've got a few things to talk about before we do all of that though. Um, in the world of, of Palace, um, I, I want to talk first of all about, about Sean Scannell leaving. Um, 
personal opinion, I was surprised. Um, I'd heard him, he, he said to uh, someone I know during the season that he had kind of had this feeling that he might get sold because Dougie had told him he was looking for him to produce consistently and, and Sean didn't feel that he had. So um, he felt that, that Dougie might look to sell him and it's actually proved the case. Um, I'm, I'm gutted in a lot of ways, but if I'm honest, I'm, I'm surprised that people start to talk about Scannell as one of our best players because he hasn't proved that. We might get a reaction from, from each of you, starting with you, Mark, I believe. Hi there, Chris. Yeah, um, I was um, sort of disappointed for the lad. Um, but to be honest, I don't think he's really produced in the last couple of seasons. His sort of career's just sort of stagnated a bit. Palace maybe needs a change. Uh, that's how I kind of look at it. I mean, he hasn't really produced regularly, it's, as you alluded to earlier. And as a result, I think... Um, Maybe he doesn't fit in Doogie's plans for next season, or he's planning on bringing a youngster in instead. I think also move away from from the area. I know he's a local lad, and there's been has been a lot of talk in the past about um, you know his lifestyle in the Croydon area, and maybe going up to Huddersfield will help. Mm. Uh, yeah, Nick, I mean, Nick, Nick, have you got any thoughts about that? I have. I'm, it's, I'm, I'm, lots of players have left Palace over the years, um, Ian Wright and, and whatever, and I've been quite disappointed. I, I can't say I've been this upset about a player leaving since Vince Hilaire left. I think it's because he's one of ours, and we've, we've seen him we've seen him come through the ranks, and we've, we've seen what he's capable of, and it's, it's disappointing that he hasn't quite produced what we believe that he could produce. Um, it's just the whole South London and Proud thing. It's, it's, I was really excited that we were producing local players, and um, I've just got a fear that he's going to come back and buy us on the bum. Because, oh, look, Nick, um, look, I absolutely agree. I think I'm going to give you... Sorry, Alex, I'll go to you in a sec. I just wanted to make the point that everyone's saying that he's going to come back and buy us on the arse a little bit, and I think, it, I think he will be a success elsewhere, whether it's Huddersfield or, or somewhere he moves on to next. Um, but... But I, I think there's, a, there's definitely a case of red and blue tinted glasses when we look at someone like Scannell, who, who's been on the, the scene since 17 years old. I think Albert, um, another one of our presenters, was, was saying it on hold before, that basically he hasn't really changed, other than being on a bit of, uh, of muscle, he hasn't really mm. changed since he broke onto the scene. Um, mm. Alex? No, I totally agree. I think, I think he's a victim of that, that tremendous debut he had. I remember coming off the bench, I think he scored the winner, didn't he, on equaliser yeah, against yeah. Sheffield Wednesday. And then from then on, we were all expecting big things, and it just didn't really deliver. I think he was you know, often placed out of position, sometimes he was placed in the wing, when really sometimes we wanted to see him up top you know, with another striker. And I think at times last season, you know, he looked you know, very, I don't know, immature. Maybe sometimes he... Uh, there's a lot of responsibility on his shoulders and I think he struggled and um, it's a shame I think 400 grand is what they're quoting and it's, it's quite a small price but mm. there, I, I hear there are add-ons and percentages etc so it might it might be good for Palace it might be good for both parties you know the Moses uh, move at the time it looked like uh, you know a bit you know 1.5 million was cheap you know not enough for a player of that quality but look he's been Moses being linked to Clubs like Chelsea, uh, Liverpool, clubs like that at the moment, and they're touting, they're suggesting maybe ten million pounds, which would be two million pounds for us. So, you know, you, ne- you never know. If if he does, it's moving to the Premier League as a good season for Huddersfield. It might work to our benefit. So I don't think it's the end of the world, but it's a sad story, obviously, in being a local lad. 
Sorry, um, I counter that. The, the Moses deal, we that was an inevitability because of the yeah, financial of position we were in. Yeah. Um, Scannell, I, I feel maybe another season to... He wasn't getting a run out in the team. No, he really wasn't. Uh, well, Joe, I'll bring you in on this one. Come on. Well, where was he supposed to play? I mean, no one seems to know what his best position was. Some people say he played out right wide, which Dougie obviously tried to do, and then other people wanted him played in the centre. Well, he, he, no one seems to know. I don't even think he seems to know. I mean, the times that I, you know, I, I mean, I was probably his worst critic last season. I, I looked at him and see. The thing is, what I do is I, I people watch, you know, and, and I watch him, and he just looked. He looked disinterested. He didn't look like he wanted the ball. He didn't look like he wanted a fight for the ball. He just, I don't. I, I used to see him all the time. He had this habit of grabbing his hamstring, his right hamstring. And I didn't know whether he, he actually was either in an injury. Because one minute he could sprint, the next minute he couldn't. Then he would just jog. He just looked like the games passed him by. And I think that once, you, once that starts happening and people start to realise that, then you've got to go, look, you kick them up the arse and they respond or you get rid of them. And whatever amount of money we've got, is, you know, if he's a... If, well, he's not come through from like the age of 12 where he's cost us like half a million quid. So if we've got anything like half a million quid, I think we've had a result. I mean, I don't, I don't know Sean. I don't know many of the Palace players, but everyone says he's a right nice guy. He tweets. Yeah. You know, he's, he's, he's very proactive with his tweeting. He's very good when it comes to meeting people and, and with his public. And, and that's what you want. You've got everything that you want. But, you know, to have one good game or one or two good games in two seasons... That's that's, that's mm. shipping yeah. out Joe, time. Joe, you're absolutely, you're absolutely okay. banging there. We're going we're to move on from that because um, obviously we don't want to dwell. We've got, we've got, you know, an hour. Of, we've got to cover Euro 2012, sadly. But um, just to kind of finish up, Mark's quite rightly pointed out to me that, that Scannell, uh, we always talked last season about he had this fantastic game against Ipswich. He played out on the left wing with, we had Zahar on, on the right. And he showed that he can, you know, whether he's a winger or not, there's the constant argument of him playing up front, all this sort of rubbish. He showed he can play that position and mm. play it brilliantly, but he never, ever did it on a consistent basis, and that's what's yeah. undone him. Now, I, just to sort of sign it off, there was a comment on the BDS from Steve Brower. He, they don't want to talk about the reasons for transfers or anything like that, but he quite rightly said that all, he'll, all he would say on it is that, you know, it might actually work out better for Sean than it does Palace. That's, that's kind of his gut feeling on it, and, and you've got to think that as much as it's you know, he's got this affinity with the, with the supporters and we all, we all see him a certain way. And yes, he is a genuinely nice guy. I sort of spoke to him a couple of times around the players' lounge and things like that. And that's the reason people are reacting as strongly as they are. If he was any other player who, who was that inconsistent and, and had struggled for four years with injuries and, and basically making his way in the team, people wouldn't be reacting so strongly. But we'll, we'll come to this when we come back for pre-season. It'll be a, be a nice long discussion on that. Um, very, very quickly, obviously, we've also confirmed that Gardner has joined Sheffield mm. Wednesday. Um, I just want to get one person's reaction on that, that if I can go to you, Alex. Yeah, uh, well, um, I don't think we could afford his wages, and that was why we only had him for a year's contract. I think I heard uh, Parrish uh, talking, I think it was on one of these podcasts, actually, about saying that we, you know, we, if it was 9,000 was the you know what we could offer uh, Joel Ward, and he accepted over you know the Leeds offer, which was probably double that price. So it just shows that you know where you know we're not you know as financially you know you know healthy as other clubs in this division, and um, you know. But anyway, he was a good service to club, and I guess well only for a season, but he did very well in the in the cup campaign. I thought this season he's been fantastic. He's been immense. He's you know, formed a very good partnership with Paddy McCarthy. But you know it's a shame it just things happen, and you know, you no know, good luck to him. But yeah. you know. 
could afford no, his wages. As Nick said, I've heard similar things about Aaron Martin as well, about him being, being good. And we'll, and we'll see how that pans out. Definitely, there was a very negative reaction on, a, on both message boards to, to Gardner's leaving, people calling him a mercenary and all that sort of stuff, which I guess is true in, in some senses. But, you know, he's never professed to be a Palace fan. You know, he but said but so. why not? But why not be a mercenary? If someone comes yeah, to you and says, exactly. if someone says, Gio, give me 35 quid a metre, do you tell instead of 25, well, I'm going to be like that. Cheers, mate. I'm Chris, off. Chris, Chris, Chris Sorry, but was, 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 I thought that Gardner was uh, looking for longer contract rather than more money. Well, that's that's a little bit as well, isn't it? Because um, he's been given he the two-year two. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Two deal by Wednesday. But at the same time, I think if he'd been given a year at Palace on, on equal wages... You know, he might might have considered. I don't think it's worth worth worrying about too much. I think it's reasonable to say, yeah, it's reasonable to say, with his injury record, um, you know, with his and his high wages, a two-year deal is a big risk. If Sheffield Wednesday want to take that risk, and you know, to be fair, they generate a decent income because of the number of fans they have. But if they want to take that risk more than we do, great. That's how it works. That's football. Uh, Nick, going very quickly. Yeah, just a couple of things on the garden front. Um, uh, what upset me. I'm sure I read somewhere that he'd said that Sheffield Wednesday seemed to have more ambition than us, which was a little bit upsetting, and, and we could talk for hours about how much ambition Palace have got. And, and the second point um, was, it, until we know who we're going to get in to replace him, it's, it's pointless having this chat, but it, it's all here well, saying and whatever. Point, but yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, there should be another, another signing coming this way. Look, and, yeah, basically, the, the message there is, until the squad building is finished, it's stupid to judge too much but um totally agree yeah all right well very last sort of rounding off the bit the palace news really obviously uh, aj joined qpr something that um one of our uh erstwhile listeners and holers told me uh, about about four, three four weeks ago uh, and i was hoping that he would be proved incorrect even though he never would be on this particular situation but i was interested to read that um that dougie did actually have a have a chat with aj about him coming back He's never on the cast because you know, he's he's a pr- still a Premier League player on Premier League wages and, and still sees himself in that division. But um, he's, you know, obviously nice to read that he's still very close with, with Dougie and that maybe something will happen when he's, when he's done his two years at QPR, if, we, if it's still a valid thing. Uh, I was going to talk about our current transfer targets, but we haven't really got time for that. And um, there'll be plenty of opportunities to talk about Palace's transfers during the course of the season. Just get my mobile out of the way there. Whoops. Um, <clears throat> so gentlemen let's let's talk about the groups and let's talk about well obviously the groups are over now we know who's going home um quickly sort of group by group if uh, if alex and gel you can take us through group a uh poland and russia have gone home uh alex you start us on, on that really well uh i think poland poland you know suffered from you know that first group game i think they were in charge uh for the first half they were one nil up and they looked you know with a they had a man advantage as well and i think you know that the second half and the, the the sending off cost them, and and I think that cost them a place in the in the quarterfinals. I think if mm. they had beaten Greece there, they would have well, obviously qualified. So I think that that let them down. Yeah, it's a strange group, wasn't it? Joe? I mean, you know, the Russia's Russia started off, you know, absolutely on fire and ended up going home. It's just just one of those weird ones. No one saw Greece coming through. What were your overall thoughts on the two that went home? Um, well, like I said, I mean, I've been. Sort of not, not highly critical of Poland, but I'm, I just think had they took the ball by the horns a little bit more and and played with a little bit more a bit more passion instead of you know they're in front of their own their own mob and 
I thought they'd have been a bit stronger. I really do. I mean, the Russians came out of the blocks and 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 the first game they win four one, and and then you think, Christ, if if only the Polish must have been thinking, if only we'd have done that, you know, the the, the Greeks were there for the time, but um, they didn't. And I think they, like I said before, they, they were the lowest ranked team um, in the tournament, and they pretty much played like them, to be honest with you. Um, but but the Greeks, again, I've used that word stickability. If you don't put them away when you have the chances, they're always going to have a little cut at you. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, they really, really do. Uh, they, they're good, good players. They really yeah, have yeah. got some good individual players. But if they could put themselves together as a team, you know, they, they, they always seem to have good players. The last mm-hmm. four, five, six years, they seem to have, have really looked at the way that they should yeah. be playing and now started playing as a team. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I really think... I totally agree with you. Two or four years, two, two, two tournaments time, if they can qualify again, I think they'll be real powerful. I really do. No, definitely. I think so. I think, you know, one letdown from the, uh, obviously they had the quarterfinal yesterday against Germany. I think not, not having Karagounis, he's been tremendous in this tournament. You know, at, at his age, I think he's almost 36 years old. I think he's been in and out of the uh, Panathinaikos side this season. And he's, he's just a great servant to Greek football. And, you know, he was fantastic in the, uh, Euro 2004 tournament in their in their you know when they won uh, um, in Portugal and you know they've got good players coming through they've got um, Papadopoulos the centre back who's a tough big centre back for 20 years old um, and apparently he's been linked to Manchester United I think Ferguson's had a look at him and uh, Ninis who you know all right he hasn't had a great tournament but there's a lot you know. There's a lot of big hopes on this lad, and he's got to move to Parma uh, this season. So, you know, hopefully, you know, he can sort of progress. And they, I think there's a bright future for Greek football. And I think there was a lot of heart in their performance last night, especially, all right, they, they didn't play well in the first half. But in the second half, especially against, you know, some of the greatest players in the world, you know, players against like Schweinsteiger, Kadira, and I thought they were, they were brilliant, especially on the counter-attack in the second half. So, yeah, a lot, a lot of hope. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I'll just quickly jump in there. Um, obviously, we'll come back to the, the, the Germany-Greece game in a sec um, when, we, when we sort of go through those those matches in a bit more yeah. detail. But, um, I mean, yeah, that's I mean that's group play. The, the teams teams that have gone home, you, you would have... I mean, as, as we basically covered, the argument is an argument for either that went home that they could have easily got through with a different approach. It was probably a quite a, an even group in the end, which was a little bit of a surprise. But, uh, Nick, if... if Group B, um, Dutch finished bottom there on zero points. I think that was Group B, wasn't it? Um, so if you yeah. can take us through that, mate. I think the, the Dutch suffered from what England have suffered in the past, and that's too many individuals not playing as a team. Um, this is a journalist, uh, Johan Dirksen, um, former Dutch footballer, um, who's, who's hit out at them about certain players wondering about their, their range of clothing and promoting that during, during the, um, the tournament and, and the whole mentality and structure of the team. Um, in training camps and whatever, it's all about the individuals, not about the team, and which is disappointing for the Dutch because you know we know we know about the Dutch being total football and actually not about the individual and, and about the team playing playing for each other. That's and it, right. it was a disappointment. They were they were favourites or one of the favourites before before the tournament. And um, I've got a Dutch friend, and he he just can't believe how crap they were. Mm. I think when you see players, I mean, which they were, and I think that the final game actually arguing with each other on the pitch and and things like that, it just goes to show you. I mean, there's, there's a lovely cor- uh, sort of um, comparison you can do with two squads when you look at England's squad and you look at the Dutch squad. And obviously, we'll talk about England in a bit. But one of the key things that you can see that Hodgson has done with the, with the players he's got 
is he's concentrated on getting a togetherness and he's done that with a bit of the old sort of um, siege mentality, you know, using the sort of the low expectations and what have you to try and bring that, that squad of players together. And that, that seems to have been completely missed with the Dutch. Yeah, just to just to come back in on the the sort of not squadness. I'm making up words here, but um, <laughs> um, Ibrahim Afele apparently was hated by the other Dutch players. As you know, he came across as saying, "I I played for Barcelona. Who do you play for? I'm better for you." He was really arrogant. He had his headphones on all the time. He was working on his own hip hop music, getting his hair done every day, and you know, not actually focused on on the team in a tournament. And you know, as we know, there's no eye in team. Which is um, surprising, Nick, because you think about it, Afolai's been out injured, hasn't he, for most yeah. of the season? And he's only come back, he's only played one full half for Barcelona, which is strange, you'd think. Put them on minimum wage, then they'd concentrate on their football. <laughs> yeah. That's right, Nick. <laughs> uh, Mark, if I can bring you in on this. Um, Denmark were the other team that went home. Obviously, it's a little bit of a surprise in the first game where they beat Portugal, I think, I hope. My brain's slightly addled today for realness. Um I, I kept after they did that. I kept thinking to myself, they're going to do what they did in '92. Uh, I think it was um, again. You can just basically surprise the hell out of everyone. But um, but they've gone home. And, and and what were your thoughts on Denmark overall? Well, they were a surpri- the surprise team. I mean, they were in what was sort of the group of death, wasn't it? Really, um, no one expected them to do anything really. And I thought, you know, that they acquitted themselves well. I mean, you know, when you've got Germany, Holland, and Portugal in the same group. You know, it's going to be a struggle. Um, I thought uh, I was surprised, but it was good to see Bentner actually um, producing as opposed to talking, really. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, he gets slated a lot here and doesn't really produce. And uh, I thought he did very well. It's sure. a shame that he doesn't sort of, um, well, maybe he'll pick, off, pick up where he left off uh, in the Euros when he gets yeah, back to plays play football. Yeah, whoever that is. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. But I, he certainly he certainly used it as a sort of um, how, how can you say a shop window anyway, and yeah. uh, he's he's definitely going to be someone who's going to be in demand, I think. And also uh, they had another uh, player, wasn't it? Um, Ericsson, probably. No, yeah, well, Ericsson was. Yeah, I mean, he was touted well before the tournament, but I thought mm. that that guy was it, Crowstar. Yeah. Daly. He 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 stepped up to the mark. I thought he had a good tournament, but I think on the whole, I think Denmark can be pleased with with you know, how they performed, and I think that, you know, they were in, a, obviously, a difficult group, and, uh, you know, they acquitted themselves well, and they were unlucky to go out, really. Okay, nice one, mate. Um, if anyone at home is playing the whole radio drinking game, there was a lot of you-knows from Mark there, so there's a lot, <laughs> lot of drinks to be had. Um, we're going to, we'll do it, it's not, it's not a criticism. I will definitely say you-know very, very soon. Not as often so, as me, though. No, not as, not as often as you. Yeah, but we but, want everyone to be slaughtered by the time they stop yeah. listening to this show. <laughs> unless, unless you're on the way to work, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You've got to judge it. It's a podcast. They can listen to it any time. Um, let's look at Group C then. Uh, Croatia and Republic of Ireland have gone home. Um, I'm going to start with you, Joe, because I'm not completely sure you're paying attention. Um, can you give us your views on the Irish? I'm, I'm paying attention. You just can't hear me. You can't hear me eating and drinking because I've been a good boy and put my mic on mute. Good man. He's All too right. focused. Exactly. Exactly. Um, oh, just, I just I'm a bit gutted that the cry. Uh, you know, Ireland's they weren't they just weren't good enough. Um, they were rightly panned, I thought, by uh, um, who's who's the prawn sandwich man. 
Uh, Tony? Keen, Keen, that's it, oh, yeah. Oh, I, he, you know, he just went on and he went, yeah, we might have the greatest fans in the world, but they don't win your football games, which is which is brilliant. I like all that no-nonsense bullshit talk, and he should definitely manage his country one day, because I think he would get, you know, he would get results. Um, I thought uh, I thought they were a bit harshly treated as well. Both had, you know, the, the uh, UK teams are just, I think, have been harshly treated by the referees. Um, I thought the dismissal of the young fella at the end was a bit needless. Um, but it was funny, though, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, well, it was. Yeah, to see him to see him launch that um, that drinks thingy into into uh, Rose Ed was uh, was quite funny. But um, but no, I, I, I just I, I don't know. I, it's, it's, they're very they're they're not. Thing is, when you've got like Roy uh, Robbie Kane up front, you know, I mean, mm. he, he can't even get in a Spurs side. When they had like five strikers, I, I, I just can't. Well, no, when they had two strikers, um, you know, when Fozzy had, have you? Uh, yeah, um, his you know powers you. waned pretty quickly, didn't they? Um, Alex, well, if you can, yeah, go on. Well, no, he's, he's got no pace either. You need pace mm-hmm. as a forward. You can't just be clever all the time. You know, eventually, good, you know, good players they they get sussed out. Well, they get sussed out by a kid. What he does is he, he gives you a mm-hmm. dead leg or he punches you, and then you're out of the game. And mm-hmm. I just think you know he just moans a lot anyway, and he does that stupid celebration. <laughs> so, which which he didn't cheat. You know, they scored one goal in four games, and you know, and, were, and the fans are the fans are the best thing in the world. Well, they're mm. not as it happens. They they just go and get pissed. And when our fans go over there and get pissed, they're yobbos. But when the Paddies go over there and get pissed, they're all yeah, they're brilliant. <laughs> but well, let's so, not turn uh, this into xenophobic <laughs> chat. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's the difference between wife wife beater and Guinness, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Um, can I can I just go on to that? The the uh, I thought it was that potential Brighton um, uh, forward who. Who scored the goal against Denmark? Was it? Um, I can't think of his name now. It's not. It's not Ben Nur, is it? Who was the well, German forward? No, oh, the no. German German yeah. forward. Bender. Oh, Bender. Bender. Oh, Bender. That's the one. Yeah. yeah. Brighton forward. I can't believe that. <laughs> that one from Futurama. Yeah. yeah. Um, don't know what you're talking about. No, I don't understand. Um, um, anyway, uh, Alex, can you, can you very quickly move us on to talking about the yeah. Crowd? Well, like, I think going back to well, probably for Ireland, I thought you know in the qualifying stages, everyone was, you know, you know, they were all praising that formation. You know, oh, this they're so organised, they're they're doing very well against the big sides, like especially going away to Russia. Um, but obviously, it hasn't worked out, and um, you know, it, it just it just shows you know these creative players like James McLean, James McArthur, they're struggling to get the side. It's because Trafford Traf- Twenty Four just is solid. You know, players that he relies on, solid formation that he relies on. Um, in terms of the Croats, I thought they were fantastic in this tournament. Um, players like Rakitic, uh, even Modric. Modric played in more of an advanced position, and he, he, he did fantastic, especially against Italy in the second half, I thought. Um, and against Spain, they were very close uh, very close to qualifying, and I think Rakitic had a chance um, in the second half. And if that went in, then boy, it, 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 the, the Croats would be going through at the expense of the Spanish. So... Um, it's a sh- it's a shame, but I think that I think what's his name? Uh, what's that? Slavin Bilic leaves on a on a good note. He's off he's off to locomotive Moscow. Right. Um, so he leaves on a good note, and he's done a good job with Croatia. Obviously, in knocking out England um, in the qualifying for Euro two thousand eight, when we had the the idiot of the brolly, you know, the Wally of the brolly yeah, um, no. in charge. Uh, no, so the, he's done a very good job. The Dutchman, you mean? The Dutchman, yeah. <laughs> can I can I can I just say about Slaven uh, about Slaven uh, Does anyone agree with me that he would probably make a decent Premiership manager? 
because yeah. every time you see, he gets the best out of his players. And there's got to be a lot of egos in that, in that side because they are a lot of good players. But every time you see him, the team play for him. He plays for the team and they all play for him. I, I'm really surprised that he's not been approached by, by the Premiership. Mm. I totally agree. And I think, you know, if, if Allardyce has a bad start uh, this season... Um, I could see maybe Slavon Bilic being linked to the job. You know, obviously you're going to have Deke yeah. Decanio being linked as well. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't rule him out. He might start off badly in Russia and might want to change. So. It'll, be hard. It'll be hard for Wolf Zaha to, to deal with the tactics of, of uh, Fat Sam, won't it, at West Ham? And maybe Fat Sam will get the boot because Wolf won't be able to score <laughs> many goals with his head. Wolf stop going Sam's. to West Ham, Mark. It's me. No. Oh, oh no. Oh, really? Oh, that's, that must be another subject. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's been <laughs> flatly denied beautifully by Steve Parrish on Twitter. That was. Is, right, it, on is it true that um, the Mark cryogenic you've frozen between shows? He is. Yeah, yeah. And we don't often thaw him out correctly. So. All oh, right. <laughs> I didn't. I, I did know. Really, I did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you did. Uh, pretty good, mate. Um, last of all, um, Group D, well, we had quite a, a significant focus on Group D, so I'll just sort of sum it up, really. Um, Ukraine acquitted themselves pretty well, I thought, um, obviously with the expectation of the home fans. Um, was sort of both a, a boost and a, and a drawback at certain times, I suppose. Um, Sweden saved the best to last. Um, Ibrahimovic did like himself uh, quite, a great, quite, uh, quite a lot, as normal. Um, quickly on the Ukraine, Nick. Yeah, I know we were, we're going to talk about the England-Ukraine game in a re- review, but we were we were tweeting to each other, and I, I can't remember who said it, but um, somebody said if they were in, put in front of a firing squad, they'd like Ukrainians to be in charge of it because they'd miss. And I think that's, <laughs> that's their problem. Yeah. Uh, Mark, you wanted to jump in there? Yeah, I just wanted to say that both those teams, Sweden and Ukraine, both that team functioned around like, a single individual almost and for Sweden it was Ibrahimovic and for the Ukraine it was Shevchenko and if either of those <laughs> either of those Ibrahimovic <laughs> Shevchenko I shouldn't have had Sorry. I shouldn't have had those six pints at lunch <laughs> can, I, can I just actually point out that Mark, Mark is not joking he, he messaged me on Twitter from the pub saying are we, are we doing this podcast at 5.45 yeah yeah we, yeah we are Mark yeah. yeah anyway I'll just go back to my point both those players, anyway, they were the fulcrum of the teams. And when they played well and had good games, it seemed like all the players around them did. And, of course, when they had off days, then the teams faltered. And I think that they were too reliant on those individual players to, to bail them out when necessary. So unless uh, it, it was more of it, the Ukraine and Shevchenko and Sweden and Ibrahimovic. Hamvich. Call him Ibra. I'm just going to edit all of those attempts together. Is <laughs> a nice <laughs> new jingle for us, Mark. Thank you. Uh, last, last of all, well, very, very quickly from Joe and Friday. Don't you agree, though? Don't you agree with my point? I, I don't know what it was anymore. <laughs> well, well, the thing is, I know you know where you're going there with the whole, you know, reliance on Ibrahimovic. But I think that's because the managers put him in a sort of number ten position, and the whole team revolves around him. If you've got a player in a team that's as good as Ibrahimovic, um, I don't think Shevchenko applies in this situation because, you know, he's 35, he's he's very slow and, you know, he's had injury problems. But with Ibrahimovic, he's in the peak of his career at the moment. So you want a player like that to be on the ball as much as possible. So I think he, the, 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 the manager did the right thing in making him sort of the forefront of everything of Sweden's attacking player. And, and it worked. And it worked against France. Uh, he scored an amazing goal. I think one of the best goals in competition. 
Um, and it just shows if we if you if we take this into a Palace con- uh, perspective, what, what would you guys think about maybe revolving the team around Zaha, make giving him that sort of free role? I, I think. Are we saying that Zaha's like as good as Ibrahimovic? No, but I'm just using it in a similar con- similar context. Just think about uh, that. West at West Ham, he might be. Right. <laughs> um, I'm going to answer the question seriously. Uh, I think it's exactly the sort of thing that that you need to do if you've got a player who's kind of head and shoulders above the rest. Um, I, that's an arguable point from a lot of people's perspective of whether Wilf is ready for that kind of responsibility. Personally, I think he is, and I think, I think it's something we need to do. But the problem with it is that I I firmly believe that that Williams is also someone we could do the same thing with, and I also think that. Uh, in a season's time, Carl De Silva will be similar. So, um, I, I think it's kind of almost more important. There, Chris. Well, yeah. <laughs> say, don't don't say Zaha can do that. I can see Williams in that role. Yeah, exactly, and I I think long term, I think with the with the interest and the hype around Zaha, mm. I think it's if we don't go up this season, it's going to be very hard to hang on to him. But I I would anticipate Williams um, staying around a little longer, and I think he's possibly the one that will will drive us on. To, great things but it's a great question um but i'm gonna move us on to very sure. i mean we've done about half hour uh so far on just the stuff we were going to do 10 minutes on um in fact five minutes because we wanted to talk about the quarterfinals that were played for 10 so let's talk about those quarterfinals um czechs versus portugal a game dominated by portugal um against dogged defense but eventually a bit of class hold and, and Ronaldo put one of his many chances away um so who wants to Who's desperate to take us through that one? I hate Ronaldo, but he's so bloody good, isn't he? I can't even look at him without wanting to smash the telly, but he's so bloody good. He's like a class don't touch apart from everybody don't, else. Nick, don't touch his telly, he'll fall over. I've turned around and said, all, all the, since the tournament started, when he was missing, he was having five, six shots, seven shots a game, and not doing anything. If you just keep giving him the ball, he's too good to not You've seen what he's done in the last two games. He just he is unplayable. It doesn't matter who he comes out against. If he comes out against the Spanish, it, it, it'll be unplayable, and you'll yep. see him now. They say that big players don't have, don't perform, or rarely perform at big tournaments. Mm. This is his tournament, and yep. I, I definitely, definitely think he's loving it. I mean, that, that header he scored, if you saw his run, he was at, as the ball came into the area, he was outside the area. He made that curving run across level the penalty spot, and before, and as the ball was in the air, he sprinted, diving at her, and that defender didn't even know he was there, because mm. two seconds before, it was 25 yards from him. <laughs> That's why he is so good. You cannot, the thing is, he's fantastic in the air, he mm. can defend the corners, he's just, he's, I think, and I hate to say it, because he's a diving bastard, but I think he's probably the most complete player. Up, he's an athlete, up, isn't he? I think he's up there with, with Messi for me. Honestly, with, I really do. Jill, going he's back got to great you, hair as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> action man. About the header, um, that's sort of reminiscent of Euro 2004, where he scored a header in the semi-final. And mm. people, people have said constantly since then, oh, you know, Ronaldo never delivers in, in major international tournaments. The guy scored in the Champions League final. The guy scored in... He's been fantastic in this tournament. He led uh, Portugal to Euro, to Euro 2004 final in his home country. What more do they want? What more do they ask for? Seriously, I just think... We've got a guy who's playing that well... Um, and so in the way, some of those touches, I think that I think there was a ball he got into the box where he just done the defender so easily, and then I had a chance to put it in. It was an amazing, amazing take from a from I think it was a Martinez cross. 
But um, you know, he's such a great player. And listen, it's, it's it's a constant debate, isn't it? The the Messi or Ronaldo debate. Well, we debate. And, and for me, for, for me, Ronaldo just has so much. He has, as, well, not so much. He just has that extra element of being a huge person who is sort of great. He's great in the air. It's just but, that little bit. But listen, we we, we can't we can't yeah. spend the entire Chris, time. Can we come in there quickly about? Yeah, I think yeah. part of Ronaldo's success in this tournament is down to Moutinho midfield. I think Moutinho, the way he gets the ball to him very quickly. I think he was fantastic against uh, the Czechs. You know, he sort of reminds me of Paul Scholes in that centre midfield role. How he sprayed passes uh, across the midfield. He's got great vision, and I think part of his success. Um, it's, it's, it's down to Moutinho and you know I think he's done, been brilliant for them no, that's fine uh, Nick if you can come in on um, this and also just, take us into talking about the checks as well just just, just two quick things about it um, you, you're saying about big players doing well in football uh, Thomas Brolin so that's pretty cool um, <laughs> idea into the, uh, the thing um, and that was it that was it well listen what did, what did you think game? what did you think of the checks um, again they defended doggedly but it's Unlike other tournaments where where there have been sort of underrated teams coming through, I think I think the cream is beginning to rise to the top in this tournament. Um, it really is. Nice. I mean, Portugal were a different nice. class. What I don't understand is how Croatia can play in a Czech kit. The Czechs <laughs> don't. Right, let's move on from this. Um, <laughs> Mark, you were muttering in the background there. Can I just get your your um, well? Let's let's come on. Let's talk about Germany, Greece. You, you saw the game. Uh, yeah, behind me it was on the telly behind me. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how. I got, gen- I got the general gist. Okay. Um, what, yeah. what I got from the Germany game was how easy it was for Greece. Greece defended in numbers, and when they scored, it looked so easy, which gives other teams a chance because there were only two up front when when Greece scored their first goal, and there were five Germans back, and the Greece scored really easily. So I think that's something that we can we can take a bit of heart from. Potential fragility, Alex. Yes. Well, it just it just proves you know he's, he made a really I mean three drastic changes in before the game, and it just proves the the amount of strength in depth Germany have compared to us, um, and that us used in Italy and in England sense there. Um, you know, I think you know bringing in Royce, who's been one of the best players in Bundesliga this season, Closer, who's been their second all-time top goal scorer, and uh, Schurler, who's really exciting young talent at the moment. It just proves how much strength in depth they've got, and so they they, they adapted so well in the uh, formation, and they were playing like you know the German sides of the past two tournaments. You know, they I disagree. Passing. No, I'm disagree. sorry, I, I completely disagree. I think um, yes, the Germans have done well. Um, the Germans in the past two tournaments, we could be really kind of cliched and say they were efficient. I think this German team, and not only no efficient, I think they're entertaining. What, 2008, <laughs> 2010? 2010? I think they're, they're much more entertaining now than they were then. What, against 2010, when, when they actually demolished England 4-1? Some wonderful counter-attacking football. Well, England was shit, weren't they? Well, not, not necessarily. England could have made it 2-1. So, yeah, they could have done, but goal line technology, and we'll come on to that later. But I dis- I disagree. I think I think last tournament played some tremendous football, but they were just outdone by maybe a sort of superior Spanish side. But I, I think England's heads dropped in that game against Germany. I think when the Lampard goal was disallowed, I think their heads dropped and and the go oh, and they they I completely think, capitulated. I think All right, well, I'll, I'll give you my take on the Germans. The reason. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And they're playing so well, it's because Schweinsteiger's playing well. When he plays bad, um, they, they don't seem to do all that good. When we, you know, when we've basically bashed them up, he's played crap or not been allowed to play. Um, he's he basically, I think he's running the show for them. I think mm. he's he is so so efficient. He's a he's, he, and the other thing as well, he seems to have been around. I think he's only like twenty five, but he seems to have been around forever. Yeah, um, yeah how, how, how old is he, Al? I think he's around 26. Yeah, he's, I mean, he just seems to have been around for absolutely ever. But he's, seen, he's definitely growing his stature. He's, you know, everything seems to go through him. And the other thing is, as well, I, I, that was uh, to bring three different forwards on. It makes me wonder, right, why the Germans have got six forwards. Six well, forwards? You, you, me, that's like, it's immense. Mm. Yeah, you, yeah. Said, you said the F word. I'm not going <laughs> to edit it. I mean, every, every now and then we do sneak in a, a you know, a, a bit of a severe oh, swear. At least they're not playing with cunts this year. Pronounced <laughs> 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 cunts. Sorry, oh, I'm only in English. Or Fuchs. What about Fuchs? Bender's <laughs> cousin, and he's going to Brighton next season. Childishness now. I'm going to rise above. What I was going to say is about the Germans, and Joe's heading towards that direction, is that they did... I, I've got a feeling that they treated that game a lot uh, lighter than they could have done, if you know what I mean. Well, if they've changed three of their forwards, yeah. I, I, I think they've, well, not shown a little bit of disrespect. I mean, they've obviously qualified. You, mm. They knew they were going to beat them, but I still think it's a massive, it's a massive risk. You can't, you can never, ever write the Greeks off. And look what they did. You know, they, 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 they've won this tournament before. I don't think you can write teams off. But it's big balls for doing what he did to change your front three. Um, yeah. You know, is it to him? Uh, Alex, then, and then Mark, if you can. Yeah, sure. Well, he's got big balls for changing him, but, you know, they are three great players. Come on, what, an all-time record goal scorer? That's not a risk. I don't think bringing in a player who's been one of the best players in the Bundesliga this season, that's not a big risk. Well, they're good players, aren't they? They're not, they're not yeah. good players. They're not Beckenbauer, they're not Van Basten. They're wow, good players. Come on, but, but they're not the best ever. In well, terms he's of not, German football. Might, in his house, he might be. Not, yeah, not over here. You're <laughs> not better than Michael Owen, is he? He's better than Gary Lineker, Shearer. No, I, think, I, I think he's better than Michael. I don't know about Lineker or, or, or Shearer, oh, but oh, oh. come on, what? Closer scored around twelve goals in major international tournaments. Of course, he's better than Michael Owen. What did Michael? What's Michael Owen done since World Cup ninety nine? Yeah, he's got some race. Got some race horses. Um, he's, he's I'm just gonna. Five one. You're just saying. Before no, you, just talk about Hummels as well. I think Hummels has been outstanding at the back for Germany, and there were, there were questions marked about whether he would actually be brought into the side. Despite, all right, he's been playing well for Dortmund this season, but you know the Mertesacker and, and um, what's the other guy, Badstuber, formed a good partnership, and yeah. people placed question marks on whether he should be you know, brought into the side. But he's been just immense in this tournament, and he's been outstanding. And you know, he's probably one of the best centre backs in the world. You'd say after his performances in this in this tournament, I think. Been very very strong. Uh, I just want to quickly go to to Mark to talk about Philippe Lam. 
Mark, are you there? Yeah, no, I just thought, I, I mean, uh, I think he is the most wonderful uh, player, extent skipper, fullback, and I mean, he's, he's, he's only 28 still, and I just think, like, there's no one to compare. I mean, people say Ashley Cole's great, and he's got nearly 100-odd caps for, for England, but mm-hmm. I think Laum is, if it is game, I mean, he scores goals, he's... he's Fantastic defensively, he's a great skipper, great leader, and I think he's like an example that you know any team, any player could follow. You know, he yeah. is outstanding. And Absolutely, uh, well, I, he, well, he, he is. Yeah, go I've got to move us on, uh, Nick. Very, very quickly, Finally, then we've we got to get moving on. Talking this. about German defenders, I, I don't think that anybody's actually. They, they've been so worried about these German forwards that nobody's really, really attacked them. It's it's all yeah, been yeah. about containing them. So you're talking about the German defence playing well i don't think they've actually been tested yet okay well we'll uh we'll see what happens with the rest of the uh the tournament there okay listen guys we've um, tested by portugal mm, well we'll see won't we um very very quickly i just thank everyone once more who's uh donated to the running costs of whole whole radio whole radio i can't even pronounce it at the moment it's hol um, said mikey it is hol radio hol radio.net forward slash donate not forward slash Caribbean cruise gel. Thank you very much. Um, if you do want to donate, it'd be really, really appreciated. And obviously everyone who has done so far, uh, you don't know how much you've helped us. It's been fantastic. Um, probably a bit late for this. Last time I mentioned it, if you registered already on the Subdream Team website, uh, feel free to enter our league. But it is a £5 entry and a winner-takes-all prize. holradio.net forward slash fantasy. Uh, that's not as entertaining a website as it sounds. Um, <clears throat> Right, so we've got to talk about uh, going take you back a little bit now where England uh, played Ukraine. Um, well, a brief sort of summary of the game, really. Uh, Ukraine, probably the better side overall. Um, we, we got our goal through Wayne Rooney, um, the returning Wayne Rooney. Um, and we did enough to, to get through. But really, as in terms of performance, it wasn't massively impressive. So if we can just start talking about what we felt, really. Um, the sort of obvious first discussion point, if you like, uh, it was the return of, of Wayne Rooney. So, Nick, if I can start with you, what were your thoughts on, on Rooney's first start? I thought it was Pony. I thought my dead nan could have scored that goal, and I thought my dead nan could have scored the other goal. Uh, I think um, Defoe yeah, should have started. Have you um, <laughs> two, my dad's mum and my mum's mum. All right. That's a good question, Mark. Yeah, well done. Well done for checking. It's always important. Uh, yeah, no, I, 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 thought, I was very disappointed in Rooney. I know he hasn't played sort of competitively for England for a while, and I'm glad he scored, but I, he just seemed off the boil. And I don't know, he just wasn't there, and I, I could see him getting frustrated during the game as well. I mean, I'm glad he scored, obviously, being an England fan, but I just think that um, he, he just he was a yard short, two yards short. Okay, mate, um... Well, sort of, sort of taking that on, um, Joe. You're a, you're a, you know, big fan of Wayne Rooney, aren't you? No, I am. I, I really am. And I think, I think the doubters. I mean, what, why, why are people doubting him? You can see that I, I, I've been involved in a few bitter posts on the on the HOL, um, only because people are, are, are doubting him. But listen, he comes up with the goods week in, week out for Man United. The, the defenders that Rooney is up against week in, week out. Oh, fantastic defenders! They're, you know, so he will he will do it, and he has done it. And all we need to do is instead of getting on his back, 
he's, and, and criticising all the time. I mean, he's what? He's, he, he scores. People are saying, oh, yeah, my, my name could have done that. But your he's name there, wouldn't have been quick enough to get in the area. She still would have been on her sticks. The thing is, he's there. He scored. But the thing is, he scored, right? And, and no one else did. It's, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Look, I mean, for me, for me Rooney's um, is is our one truly world class player. Um, and he did, yeah, he did look rusty in in some ways. But he hasn't played a competitive match for for a while. Uh, missed a chance that he probably normally wouldn't. But but again, he's in there and, he, and he's making those uh, those runs and he's getting those chances. I, I, for me, it's it's a no brainer. And again, a lot of focus on him. And I suppose that's where a lot of the negative comments come from. But. For me, he delivered what he needed to deliver. Uh, Alex, you wanted to take us sort of uh, and look at the the back two, really. Yeah, I thought they were brilliant. I think they're building a very good understanding together, um, especially in the group stage. I think they've been all right. Um, with the, I think obviously Terry, Terry, you know, got that ball off the line uh, where maybe all right. I don't know if we should be, you know, um, <laughs> applauding him for that because it didn't because yeah. it went over the line. But you know, he made it look like he didn't go over the line, so he, that was good, I guess. And I think him and Lescott are building a very good understanding together, especially considering that they're both left-footed players. Um, I think Terry uh, against Ukraine, I think he's passed the ball very well, uh, considering he wasn't in sort of his natural position in the, in the back two. And I think um, you know he he's pr- he's proven most of his doubt was wrong. I think. Pre-tournament, I know a few of you mentioned how you said that you'd much prefer um, who was it, Jagielka and Lescott to partner at uh, centre back. But yeah, well, I've got a, a, a question really um, on, on John Terry and see see what you think. Um, a lot of people I was watching uh, the, the game with were suggesting, and I think this commentator said it as well. That certainly in that the one where he cleared it from behind the line, which again, if he doesn't stray back and do that, it's his goal anyway. So definite credit for him. But there was a suggestion that that chance had never have been because he ran under the flight of the ball, and, and that there's a lot of you know there's there's mistakes yeah. creeping, and that, and that we're recovering from mistakes that he makes. Um, if you, I don't know what you think about that, and then obviously Joe mm. wants to have a word on. Wait, well, obviously he's not he's not getting any younger, is he? He's a, I don't know how old he is. Is he 33, 34 years old? Uh, he's probably um, a little younger than that. I think probably 30, 31. Okay. Well, well, he sort of feels that he's sort of that young bustling centre back that he was six or seven years ago. So he's sort of overestimated sometimes I think but what gets him out of those situations is his positioning and his his, his will to win and I think uh, at times yesterday well that's no, why against Ukraine you know he, he often was too committed and he, he does he underestimate the situation and so he had to do that and he had to sort of yeah. you know re- regroup and and you know I think he did all right I think um they were they were they were you know providing a lot of pressure away the Ukrainians especially the forwards and I think he did a good job Okay, mate. Uh, Joe? Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, the thing is, like you said, Al, that his positioning is fantastic. He hasn't got a piss anymore, and he knows that. And he probably knows deep down that this is his last tournament. In fact, we all know that in a, in a matter of weeks, it could be one of his last games of football. But anyway, that's, that's by the by. But I, just, I, think he's, I think he was fantastic. I think he's marshalling well. Um, the other thing is, Jaggy Elka, is it? I love Jaggy Elka. I think he's spirited. He's full of passion. But... He's like Phil Neville. He's got that little bit of, of, of like, mm. when he, when he commits, you, you just think, don't touch him, don't touch him, Wallop. <laughs> oh, well, you know, there's a penalty. So yeah. that's what I, I you know, I like, um, who was that? Who was he, the fellow we used to have at Palace at the back? I'm sure he used to hear, the, what? And then, fancy. No, 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 not the <laughs> Sorry, Eric Young. No, not Eric Young, Sorry. big black fella, about three or four years oh, ago. Oh, cool, cool, cool. 
No. Claude Davis. I'm sure he thought he was on Kung Fu. He just oh, used yeah, to yeah. hear karate voices in his head and decapitate someone, and it didn't matter whether they were on the halfway line or in the penalty area. He had to kill someone. Mm. I, th- I think that's the thing about Jaggy Elka. I think that's why he has been pulled through. Mm. Otherwise, but, you know, because he's, he's as good as Terry in the air. He's just, he, and the other thing as well, which I like about Jaggy Elka, is he's not, he doesn't crap himself with a ball. It was, if he's got a little bit of time, he'll stop. And if no one comes towards him, he'll go forward. Terry does that. Lescott, when he learns to do that, will be fantastic. And I think playing alongside Terry, like you said, Al, and like I said before, I think he'll only learn. And things are looking good for us at the back. And at the back is where we've always been vulnerable. Now, we, have got, we are getting the, 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 the makings now of a fantastic back four. We've got a brilliant goalkeeper. Probably, I'll, I'd say Joe Hart is up there with, with the best in the world as a shot stopper. He's, he's, he's second to none. So all we need to do is, uh, is to sort our midfield out and, uh, and then play Carroll up front. Get Gerard to cross it for him, and we'll be European well, champions. On, on the subject of the midfield, um, Alex, do you want to talk about uh, Gerard? Well, obviously, Gerard's been the best player for England in this tournament, and uh, he proved that uh, once again against. Well, he did. He played well against Ukraine, but obviously, he provided that ball for Carroll to head in in the last game, and he's probably this is these are probably his highlight years again, similar to Terry. Like he's probably this is probably one of his final major tournaments and I'm sure he wants to win something before he does retire and win do something do well with England. So um I think he's done alright. Uh, he's got formed a good partnership with, with uh Parker. And uh you know what what's good as well, what what you know, coming up to the Italy game, I think players like De Rossi and Marquisio both said, you know, this Gerard is a player that we've look, we looked up to when we were younger, when we were growing up and player we wanted to sort of imitate so just testament to Gerard, and I think it'd be an interesting battle in midfield against Italy without that can I just say something about Scotty Parker by the way a FIFA going to do anything about the treatment that he's had because I've, I've mm. noted about four or five times but he's been done off the ball he's been elbowed he's been punched he's been pinched he's been stamped on are they doing any of this where you can get nicked for it afterwards because they have they, if someone's mm. sussed him and gone right he's a danger man he's not going to you know, he's not going to score any goals, but what he is going to do, he's going to try and put the boot in, or he's going to, he's a tough tackler, get him out of it. But I think they've, he's been treated really harshly. And the other thing about Scotty Parker is, you elbow him in the face, right? He won't go down. What did he do? He tried, to, did he try, was he on it? He tried to head someone's... Yeah. I mean, what, what is it? He, the guy is, he's a hero. He's, he's just, he, he just epitomises everything that we want about the strength and the brutality and not brutality but just the rough and toughness get out of there and get at them and I'll tell you what if we had a whole team of that with a little bit of skill we'd go a lot further on the, on the, on the subject of, um, of um, going back to Gerard, I, I think he's enjoying not having um, the other players around him the whole issue around um, you know who do we pick do we pick Lampard do we pick Gerard? I think he's, he's really um, reveling in that role and the, the goal, the cross for the goal. I mean, that that caused so much difficulty. Um, but again, going back to going back to FIFA, you mentioned earlier the whole double standards thing about the the, the goal that Ukraine scored. I mean, we, we talk about um, the, the goal line technology. What what are the fifth and sixth blokes doing on that line? And secondly, going back to our tweet that we had during the game, because it, some, uh, it might not have been you. Uh, any of you, somebody else who tweeted, um, perhaps the best way for FIFA to do it is actually have eight or nine people standing just behind the goal line, and if it hits them, it's a goal, rather than all this expensive um, technology that might kind of fry um, Peter Cech's brain. 
Um, Mark, I just wanted to have a quick chat about Gerard as, a, as captain, and we'll come back to uh, the refs and what have you uh, with Alex in a short while. Yeah, well, his performances on the pitch uh, have been great. Obviously, he's been the standout player midfield for, for England. And I think uh, before the tournament began, a lot of people wondered whether he could sort of basically captain the side and play as well as he has played. And he's obviously proved that he is up to the job. And you kind of wonder, I mean, you know, he's obviously had the captaincy and not had it, and then it's sort of drifted between sort of Terry, Lampard and so forth, and you wonder why, looking on, on the tournament so far, and, uh, you know, he's captain of Liverpool. They another drink. League. Sorry? You said you know, another drink. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get a little buzzer sound to play when it happens. <laughs> No, absolutely, Mark. Sorry, mate. Sorry, sorry. We're, we're sorry. No, I'm going. Mate. Sorry. See ya. Bye. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Um, sorry, Mark. Look, uh, yeah, the point's being made. Gerald has, has definitely proved himself. Um, I wasn't massively impressed with his performance in our uh, game against mm, Sweden, uh, but a lot of other people were. But he's certainly been our best player uh, other than most mm. games, in my opinion. Look, um, Go on. Sorry, you, you say about the performance, but it was our most important result, but it was our worst performance. Mm. Yeah, mm. that's fair. Yeah, totally agree. But um, just coming on to the uh, assistant referees uh, uh, point there, I think that they've, they've done they've done a good job for the tournament. Um, what I read, I read a really interesting article on ESPN. It was by Roger Bennett, and he speaks about how the assistant referees they sort of inhibit defenders, and what what that's done is that's prevented them from sort of shirt pulls from you know you know like the fouls that we saw. You know, with, with Terry against Barcelona, where he need that defender, and he got sent off it. The reason why he got sent off was because of the assistant referee, because of the assistant referee behind the goal. And I think these assistant referees are doing a very good job for this one. And it, what it's done is it's led to more attacking play, very mu- much more more goals, and there's less dirty tricks done by the defenders. And I think, you know, you're bound to get prop, uh, errors of human judgment, aren't you? And uh, I think Pierluigi Colina, you remember the, uh, the that wonderful referee yeah, yeah. from the past, the, frightening man. The, yeah. Frightening man. He spoke about this, and he said, you know, we've we've done very well. If you look at the Champions League, if you look at the Europa League, the assistant referees have made hardly any mistakes, and the one mistake they make um, has led to something huge happen in the Euros. And I just think it just it's unlucky. It's human error, um, and it, it's bound to happen. But I just think that the assistant referees yeah. are are a good are a good was, you know, the was, was that actually their in their purpose of being there? Are they supposed to be watching the rest of the game, or are they yeah. just there to go they've, got, they've got headsets. I hate when people say, "Oh no, they don't do anything." They do. They've got headsets. We just don't hear what they speak to the referee about. They've got headsets. They've got Bluetooth headsets that go instantly to the referee and, and say, "Oh, uh, number four's barging to number six in the box," you know. So I think they're they're they're, they're a fast another drink. <laughs> that's oh. two you've done there I'm pissed <laughs> um, I am no, Luke, I'm just going to just round that off you're, you're absolutely right Alex. I think there's something anything that can kind of el- eliminate this the sort of the, the sort of low down dirty fouls that you don't really see uh, in, the, in the penalty area I mean it's difficult because it's going to be a transitional phase while people get used to it because everyone knows that you can you can pull someone's shirt in the box and get away with it at a set piece. And when that starts to change, as it seem, seems to be changing now, um, you're going to find that the, the, the certain people will, will react badly to it. I'm thinking of Neil Warnock, really. He's going to hate it. But, um, Joe, if we can just finish off this review, I wanted to ask you about um, the performances on the wings of the two players that started, Ashley Young and James Norner. 
well, what do I have to say? I mean, I know the, the, the both of them went to uh, an orphanage, and uh, it was so sad to see their little faces all forlorn and without hope, said Igor, aged eight. <laughs> um, but no, I, I, they're, just, they're just dreadful. They're dreadful. I think, you know, Young is supposed to be this attacking... What, what, what is he? Is he, a, is he supposed to be this marauding... Per, uh, player that sits behind the front too. Um, I, I really don't. He's been rubbish. Um, exactly. Yeah, I called them the Fiasco Brothers because they, it's a fiasco <laughs> that both of them uh, are playing. I Milner has done nothing, absolutely nothing at all. I disagree. I think he's. I think. All right. Yeah, I'll tell you I what. I reckon he's put. I reckon he's put eight crosses in. Right. In, in no, three games. Eight crosses. Eight crosses in three games. It's all like we need someone to cross the ball. And if you don't want to cross it on your bike, get someone else in. So I, I, I just can't. I mean, Young as well. Has he had a shot? Has, he, has is Young actually shot well, in this tournament Jill, so far? Coming on to that, what if you compare the wings, right? And you've got Glenn Johnson on the right hand side. You need a player like Mild on the right hand side because it protects Johnson because he's not the greatest to do, defensive. To do what? To protect him from what? To protect him from the French. The no, French he's can't have a car blanche down the left down their left hand side against their right side. He didn't do anything, Milner. He's done absolutely nothing. Uh, to I don't know. He suits the system. And well, what what's great about this, what's great about Hodge being in charge is that he chooses players that suit the system rather than the system suiting the players. One of the underground mob at Man City who all of a sudden should be England material when they're not. Tell me who you would prefer to have. You would say so you're saying now that you would like to have Milner out on the right hand side, yeah. rather rather than the Ox or or Walcott. Not the Ox. I can't I can't I can't work out where. Seriously, get you got Milner off, and all this yeah, is about but, oh, like, like young legs. He's quick, bloody blah, blah, blah. It's that's rubbish. He, well, right. Milner's Milner's a very good, talented player. You know, he's he's he's, well, he he's an all-round talented player. I think he, I think he's a bit unfit, and I think he's a lot. All right, he hasn't been playing much Man City, but he just doesn't look like that exciting player that we saw Aston Villa. Oh, so, so what we're doing, we're choosing to so go to the Euros. We're choosing an unfit player who doesn't play all the time for his team. Yeah, but so Walcott's unfit. He was unfit for the Ukraine games. So you couldn't start with him. Uh, the Oxlade, Oxlade Chambers only had four cats for England. Who else are you going to bring in then, apart from, apart from those two? I can't think of anybody else. Why, why is he there? Why is he there? Guys, if, guys, so guys, good. guys, listen, listen it's, a, it's a good debate. There's, there's two gentlemen who haven't had their say. Just to kind of summarise, I know, obviously, Joe, you're, you're very much on the side that Milner's not producing enough going forward. Uh, Alex has made the point that I've heard a number of people make that he's there to protect, protect Glenn Johnson. Anyone who's heard um, our previous podcast will know that I don't rate Johnson as a defender, and I, and I can kind of see that that is... That is the case because Milner has defensive qualities. Uh, but I want to get both both Mark and Nick's opinion on this. Uh, I'll start with you, Mark. Well, I pretty much agree with Alex, to be honest, that Milner isn't being given the freedom to go forward and his crossing has been woeful, but he doesn't get into many good positions because he's playing in a kind of... I don't even know how you would describe the role in footballing terms, but basically he is covering up for... Glenn Johnson, and however much you might disagree, Joe, Johnson is seen as a weak link, and Milner is always backtracking and covering for Johnson whenever Johnson goes forward or Johnson has the ball. And, and Milner plays too deep, and he doesn't play like that for his club, and he's more effective for his club than he is for his country. But that's the way Hodgson's setting up the team. And if you look at the record, we've since Hobson's been in charge, we've conceded three goals in five games, which is pretty good going, really. And I don't, although I don't think you should have to have a player to sit in front of another player to protect them, 
lots of other teams do it. It's just a fairly new thing for us to do. And uh, in, in when I say us, I mean England. And I think that uh, that he's been you know given that role, and that is obviously restricting uh, his opportunities to get forward. The chances he has when he has gone forward. His crossing has been poor, and that sort of brings in the debate whether he should be in the squad at all. Uh, maybe Adam Johnson would be a better option, but uh, I don't know if any of you guys have got any thoughts or you agree well, or disagree. Well, well Nick, it was, we're going to come to you uh, next, and if you can basically give us your thoughts on that, and then, then we'll, obviously you wanted to make a general point about Hodgson as well. Yeah, um, I, I, you, you completely echoed exactly what I was going to say, Mark, um, and I say echo deliberately there. Um, and I, I think Moving on to Hodgson, um, well, what a great bloke to be running the team because it's it's different every game. It's he's, he's setting up to, to to face whatever opposition we have, and I've, I, it's just so refreshing to to have an England manager that seems to know what he's doing in in terms of picking the team for for the opposition. That's all I've got to say. Well, it's not, but, you know, I'll let somebody yeah, else have a go. T- totally, totally agree with you there, Nick. I think what's good about Hodgson, I mentioned it earlier in the podcast, he picks players that fit the system. Not He doesn't have a system that accommodates the players, which I think is different to all the previous England managers. You know, we had all this debate about Gerard and Lampard. Can they play together? I think if Gerard, if Gerard and Lampard were both fit in this squad, I think one of them would have to miss out because you need, you know, Scott Parker in the midfield to partner one of them. So... I think he's done a good job in that res- in that respect. So, right, getting back to the getting back to the Milner thing, then, right? You turn around and say he's supposed to be cover. Watch where Milner stands. He doesn't line up a, like in front of Johnson. He gets caught. In, he gets caught being pulled inside. That's what I, I say. I people watch rather than ball watch. Watch him next time. You next time you watch him play. Hopefully, okay. it won't be this tournament. That'll be tomorrow. Well, <laughs> I hope not. I sincerely hope not. He, he, yeah. Seriously, if he's the best we've got, we're going out tomorrow, and that would be a travesty to go out to probably the worst Italian side I've seen for 20 years. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, well worse than 2010. <laughs> <laughs> worse than 2010. I don't think it's worse than 2010. Well, we'll, we'll come to that. We're about to preview that game. All right? So we'll, we'll start off with, uh, with a little chat about Gerald's comment. Listen, um, can I just get a, a final opinion, Joe, on overall on what you think uh, of Hodgson's performance as a manager so far? Yeah, he's, he's got a sort of at the back, which is what we've not been, seriously not, you know, we've not had. We've got stability. Um, we've also looks like we've got a bit of belief. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's, doing, he's doing good. I mean, you know, he's, the, the five players he's got at the back, back four and a, uh, and a, and a goalkeeper, I'm, I'm up here with him and Stevie G, rest of them. Mark, um, any concerns or anything like that? Or are you happy with Hodgson so far? Yeah, so far, I mean, he is not blessed with the most talented squad that England have had for a number of years, but I think he's he's getting the best out of them, especially the youngsters. Sorry, I had my microphone on mute. That's a very good point. <laughs> <laughs> what was the point? Uh, I don't know. What point did you make? <laughs> exactly. You weren't listening. No. Um, no. Um, yeah. No, I just mean, he's, he's not restricted... Uh, ability in the in the players he's got, you know, in terms of uh, some of the other teams that are on display at the tournament, and I think that he's got the best out of them. He's built from the back a bit like Palace do, and uh, we're pretty pretty solid at the back. Got probably the best goalkeeper in the tournament, or you know, wow. one of the goalkeepers in the tournament, and um, and he's he's used the youngsters as well. He hasn't overused them. 
uh, and I thought that both of them, well, I thought that Young um, and the Ox were unlucky to, um, no, Walk on the Ox were unlucky to miss out uh, uh, in the last game and when Rooney came in because, to be quite honest, uh, they didn't do anything wrong. Uh, Welbeck uh, was good at the start of the tournament, but obviously he is the senior player uh, and oh, rest with Rooney. So we, Rooney. We, um, we need to move on to the preview now, but, um, but, but thanks very much, because we've, we've all got to go uh, in about five minutes' time. Um, what, Nick, down the pub? Essentially, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Nick, you wanted to say I was, something. I was going to segue to the pub. Nick, I was, was going to segue neatly into the before you said. Well, it's not neat to gonna... tell people you're going to do it, is it? Because now people well, do it anyway. Yeah. We'll see how the it fact goes. that I know how to pronounce segue is a is a major achievement for it me is, at yeah. the moment. All these things <laughs> that you knows have given me. Um, I think we've really got up our game against Italy, um, despite how crap people are saying they are. They are quarter-finalists of the Euro Championship. They are good. Um, I think that's, um, we need to do things a little bit differently. I think we need to play free up front. I think we need um, Defoe and Carroll up front with Wayne Rooney just in behind them. I'd like to see Walcott used as the super sub again. Um, and the same back four with uh, Gerard controlling the middle, spraying the ball around. Um. Well, I'm sorry, there's a few things going on at the moment. First one was gel letting rip. Hope, I really hope that's come out on the podcast um, because it's, it's the sort of class that we need. Um, you've, you've picked Defoe in the team there, which you know is going to enrage me. And also people have been repeatedly saying the Ox instead of his full name of Alexander Oxlade-Chamberlain. We all know it's Noddy Holder, the Slade. Um, I look, Alex, you, you want to get us started on this preview, so I'm going to ask you a question first. Who are you yeah. supporting? Oh, the referee. <laughs> <laughs> of course, come on. <laughs> Who is the referee, anyway? Do you know? No idea, really. No, okay. Well, no, what, what, what I find really interesting about this, uh, this, this, uh, this match tomorrow is that England probably look more like the Italian side than Italy do. You know, it, it, England have got two solid banks of four under Hodgson. Very Italian-inspired team, you'd, you'd say. Italy, the more possession-based team, the more expansive side... Uh, they've got very good creative midfielders. Pirlo, who's been one of, I think, one of the best players in this tournament. Well, in the first two games, he was great. In the in the in the second half against Croatia, he, he looked very unfit. But you know, he's contributed uh, with a lot of assists in this tournament, and he's got a wonderful figure against Croatia. Um, even De Rossi, who's been whenever he's been at centre centre back, I think he's done a good job for Eddie. So it's going to be an interesting. It's, that's quite an interesting dynamic if you look at it like that, because everyone's always stereotyped the Italians has been a very defensively minded side, but this side is certainly not that. It's very much that that sort of style. Um, Joe, you want to come in next? No, just saying about. Um, I think uh, that the the person we need to watch more than anything is is Perlo because he seems to have um, a lot of time on the ball. No matter who's marking him or who's near him, um, he's definitely their playmaker. We do not want to be giving free kicks anywhere within twenty five thirty yards because, as we've already seen, he does look a little bit uh, a little bit mustard around a free kick. Yeah. Um, but not I a think big tackler though, is he? He's not not doesn't get involved in that side mm, of the game too much. No, but you don't need to be a big tackler when you can play the ball. You know, it's uh, that's his that's his main. You know, like we 
we don't want Stevie Gerrard crunching people. We want we want uh, Scotty Parker doing that. So, but yeah, Perlow is just. I think he's the the, the main. Uh, he, he'll feed if he if we can stop him feeding Balotelli. I think we'll do good. Okay, mate. Well, we've got a couple of minutes left. Uh, Mark, very very quickly. Um, yeah, it's turning into the cartoon quarterfinal, isn't it? Because it's Super Mario versus Shrek. <laughs> so it's like Balotelli versus Rooney but I was actually looking at the sun earlier and I saw that there was a picture of Glenn Johnson in training in a bib and uh, about three yards from Glenn Johnson was none other than James Milner so I wonder if that's got anything to <laughs> anyway but on a serious note it's, uh, England have taken the lead in all their three matches so far and uh, we're yet to see how they, I know we went behind against Sweden and came back but We've taken the lead in all our three matches, so we really need to see what happens if if we do fall behind against Italy and how the players react, and that will be a good, mm. good test of Hodgson's ability as a manager. Could well, I maybe uh, come in there? Uh, I should just mention that Italy might be playing potentially a three-five-two formation, and uh, one thing uh, which troubled England against Ukraine was the wide players. I think uh, there was Gusev, that attacking right fullback, who did quite a good job against Ashley Cole. Um, which should be interesting to see whether you know the two wing backs that are going to be playing tomorrow, well potentially, whether they might trouble uh, two England fullbacks. So that's, that's why Milner thing. will be covering Johnson as usual. Yeah. Now, uh, <laughs> sort of last oh. word on this uh, to Nick about uh, he wants to talk about Balotelli, and then we'll uh, we'll finish this. Yeah, Balotelli blows hot and cold, but when he's on fire, he's on fire, isn't he? And I, th- I think he's going to be a big worry. Um, but moving over to Perlo and Gerard, that seems to be the the kind of highlight in the media about you know. They're, they're the two that are going to make the game, but Balotelli is, is kind of a bit like Wilf in the way that the game can change around one thing that he does. I reckon Balotelli gets sent off for kicking... Uh, Hot. <laughs> that'd be fifth, good. Fifth yeah, no, I, I, I just think he's going to lose his head. I, I think uh, mm. he, he hasn't done well, it that's yet. Well, oh, no, he's saying that. Did, he scores, and then didn't, what, one of his, didn't someone have to grab yeah, hold of him and put their hand over his mouth? Who was, what was he trying to say? Was he trying to have a go at someone? I think he was trying. I think he was trying to have a go at the press, uh, like English-speaking press. Oh right. Um, I don't know if it's the manager. It might be the manager. Um, All right. Well, um, let's get some predictions out of the way, and then we'll end this thing. Uh, Nick, what do you think? (sighs) Tough one. It's got to be a one-nil. I still think Defoe's going to going to be a hero for England. I'm sorry, but I've, I've just keep dreaming about Defoe, and yeah, he, he's do. been to his father's funeral today, which is Saturday. I think he's going to going to score one for his dad. I, I I don't know where it's come from. I know you, you're mocking me for it, but I, I really think that Defoe is going to be England's hero in one of these games. Just that I don't rate him, uh, Alex. What do you think? Well, I'm 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 thinking it's going to be one 0 to England after extra time. I think uh, it's going to struggle to break down this stubborn English English team, and I think um, they're going to. Just yeah, they're going to nick a goal in, in extra time. Okay, mate, Joe. Uh, I'm going two-two, and I think there will be two penalties in open play. There will be a record, um, and I think we will. Yeah, I'm going two-two. And then, <laughs> then, 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 uh, <laughs> and then, and then nothing. Two-two. <laughs> uh, just we'll all uh, we'll both That's go for That's what they're going to do. <laughs> play for the <laughs> Thanks, Mystic Gel. Mark, what do you think? I think the after at the twenty third minute, the match will be abandoned. <laughs> and no, I don't. No, I don't. Uh, I think um, it's going to be nil nil penalties. I know, I'm Steve um, Vagabond four uh, one. He will say. All right, he will. To England. <laughs> he just says four one draw. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, well, on that rather confusing end, um, just before we go, Joel, you wanted to make a little mention of uh, something about what's happening with Cray, Cray Wanderers. Yeah, um, I put on the on the Homesdale about uh, Cray, a, a potential, well, it's not more than a potential now, a, a piece of land has been purchased and the and the planning permission um, been put in. Um, but Cray, uh, under the uh, ownership of Gary Hillman, who's an associate director at Crystal Palace Football Club, um, he's owned Cray for 13 years. Uh, he's trying to build um, what Dartford had done, basically, um, a stadium with housing complex, hotel, etc. Um, but really, we need, uh, or Gary and Cray need uh, more support from the local people. Um, and thanks for everyone that's gone on our website and uh, Romney Council uh, and, and helps out doing their bits and pieces. Um, just one last thing. If you go to, if Palace are playing away and you've got a season ticket, go and watch Cray this year. You get in for free. So aren't we playing them pre-season anyway? We are, yes. We'll be be commentating on live on that game as well. Uh, We'll at least have some more details when we get them. Twitter plugs. Alex, do you want to plug something? Yeah, why not? Uh, If anybody's interested in following any European football news, uh, you can follow me at APENGE. So that's P-E-N-G-E. Fantastic. Anyone else want to plug their Twitter? I think um, if you want to join in with our uh, Twitter chats during the game tomorrow night, it might be quite well. Well, the England-Italy game, it may have been yesterday by the time you listen to this, but um, <laughs> where if you just hashtag um, hashtag whole radio and also hashtag Euro 2012, well, I'm sure you can join in the conversation. I imagine you'll find us all. But yeah, at, at whole radio is our, our main page. I'm at homo 1980 You're uh, at Joel the Caddy, aren't you, Joel? Um, Mark, you're at Beerfooty Birds, which is also your pub. At the pub. At the pub, yeah, at the pub. <laughs> Um, okay, I think that's us all. Hopefully, you'll find us. Um, yeah, that will do. My thanks to Nick, to Alex, to Joe, and to Mark, and thank you. Uh, and to myself, I guess. Uh, obviously, thank you very much for downloading. Don't know when we'll be back, but keep an eye out. We'll be back very, very soon. Cheerio! Bye. Bye. Goodbye. All right. Bye. See you later. See you around. <laughs> I'll see you later. Bye bye. Take care. Bye bye. Sit down a pub. This will be on the I'm off. Bye 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 bye. Well, I'm calm. Have, have you seen our Spain have set up? 433. Um, I'm still here. You know, hold, yeah. hold on, mate. No one is trying to do the bit that say. Chris told us to do. Can you, be, can you just. Be quiet. Well, it, it, yeah, just immediately stop talking. When now? It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.